Now, Holy Spirit, we pray that you will come today and that you will breathe life into your word to us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, this morning we are going to return to our journey through the Lord's Prayer. And uh, we're now moving on from the first three petitions, your name be hallowed, your kingdom come, your will be done, to the fourth petition, give us today our daily bread. And we see here that we do find the shift that we were anticipating from using the pronouns you and your to using the pronouns us and our, from praying for the Father's cause to praying for our cause, from praying for God's glory to praying for our needs. And this shift shouldn't come as any surprise. We have observed a few times now in the Ten Commandments, in the Beatitudes, in Jesus' summary of the law, and now in the Lord's Prayer, that God always teaches us to focus on loving God first before shifting our attention to loving our neighbors, to seek and pray first for God's honor, kingdom, and will, and then pray for our needs of daily bread, forgiveness of sins, and protection from evil. So now as we turn to this fourth petition, the first petition for our needs, give us today our daily bread. The question we're going to ask ourselves is, what do we actually mean when we pray this? For what are we praying? Now, as many of you know, over spring break, our family found the opportunity to get up to Mount Washington for a day on the slopes. I used to be a very confident snowboarder. I, I had all the fancy top-of-the-line gear, the board, the boots, the bindings, jacket, gloves, everything, because I used to do it a lot, and I was pretty decent at it. But it has actually been 10 years since I last went snowboarding. Um, I've had a back injury from a car accident. I've had a knee injury from hockey since then. So when we went up at spring break, I was worried uh, that I might not be able to do it anymore, that my body wouldn't hold up during what is a pretty aggressive activity. And, and I was so worried I shared this with a number of you uh, just as I was <laughs> worrying. So, so when the morning came, uh, we had the girls in their Discover skiing lesson, got to watch them for a little while, but then I saw the opportunity to go off and, and try a run. And I made my way down the bunny hill to the chairlift. I did feel a little rusty, uh, but then I was at the bottom of the mountain, and the only way to go was up the hawk chair, if anyone's been to Mount Washington, which takes you almost to the top. So I got off the lift. I was, I was even worried I'd be able to do that, but I got off just fine. Went to put on my bindings, and my binding strap immediately snapped. So there I was, at the top of the mountain, wondering if I still even knew how to snowboard, and had to make my first run in 10 years without even being properly attached to the board. Who doesn't like a challenge? Anyways, to cut this long story short, it was like riding a bicycle. Um, I made it down just fine. I was rusty for about two minutes and then, you know, got back into the groove. I was doing all my dipsy doodles that I used to do. So I went and I got the binding repaired, went back out, put my board on, and the other strap snapped. 
didn't quit. I'd already paid for a lift ticket, so I had to go and rent a very not top-of-the-line board. And as I was walking around the ski lodge getting my rental, I noticed a weird flapping sound. This led me to discover that the soles of my boots were just falling off, both of them. Literally every piece of my top-of-the-line 25-year-old gear was just dissolving. And when I told my neighbor afterwards, he said, that's how you know you're old. <laughs> it's not just your body you have to worry about anymore, it's your stuff as well. Stuff you've taken good care of still just dies of old age. The moral of the story is that sometimes we need new stuff. Right? No. No, the moral of the story is the things that I was worried about were fine. But the things in which I was confident were a complete disaster. When it comes to things we want, or things we think we want, or even things we think we need, we don't always know what's best for us. But as Jesus teaches us through the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, God does. And so the question again that we're going to look at again today is, what do we mean when we pray to our Father in heaven? Give us today our daily bread. For what are we praying? And if we pause for a moment, and we all think about this question, I'm sure many of you already have some ideas about the answer. And I'm sure those ideas are probably right. But I'm also pretty sure that they're not all exactly the same. Because this simple prayer it's not that simple at all. There are multiple layers upon layers of meaning to this petition for daily bread. But while we may have these varying ideas about what it means, one thing I think we can all agree on is what it doesn't mean. By using the simple phrase daily bread, I think Jesus makes it pretty clear that it's not about getting more stuff that we're not praying just for things, things we want or things we desire. Bread is a simple need. But what does Jesus mean by daily bread? And what do we mean when we ask for it? In Matthew 4, verses 3 to 4, we read that the tempter came and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now first of all, when Jesus says man shall not live by bread alone, he's informing the tempter that there is more to life than just fulfilling our physical needs, even our physical desires. But when he says that man shall not live by bread alone, He's also acknowledging that bread is a part of it, is one of the things we need to live, to survive. As Daryl Johnson puts it, we do not live by bread alone, but without it, we will die. Every human being needs food to survive. If we don't get enough, we will die. Is this what Jesus is teaching us to pray for when we ask for daily bread? Survival. The answer is, Yes, that's part of it. 
Greek word that we have translated as bread is artos, and it is the word commonly used for the bread that we eat. But it's also sometimes used to describe maintenance or a living or the necessities of life. And so we see right away that Jesus isn't just describing one type of food, nor even just food in general, but is describing what we need to survive. The Anglican Catechism explains that the prayer is that our Father in Heaven would provide for our physical nourishment, but also for all that is needed for personal well-being. Food and water, clothing and shelter, work and money, health, families, friends, neighbors, and peace and godly governance. Jesus is teaching us to pray that our Father in heaven would provide these for us. But that also means that the second layer of this fourth petition is that when we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are acknowledging that it is God, that he is the one who does this, that he is our provider, our sustainer. So we're acknowledging that it's a misconception to think that we provide for our own needs all by ourselves that what we have is the result of our own hard work rather than the result of God's blessing. And if we acknowledge this, then we're also acknowledging that God's provision is a gift from God and an undeserved gift at that, a privilege, not a right, not something to which we're entitled. And this means that we're acknowledging we should be grateful for what he's given, for what we do have, rather than feeling ungrateful because of what we don't have. Because the prayer is also then acknowledging that it's a misconception to think that we even know what we need all by ourselves. As I attempted to illustrate sharing my adventures at Mount Washington. And right here, it is well worth noting that the fourth petition follows the third. The petition, give us today our daily bread, comes right after the petition, your will be done. Which, as we observed a couple weeks ago, is an acknowledgement that God does know what's best for us, along with the commitment to then submit to his will. So praying, give us today what we need, is also then an acknowledgement that God knows what's best for us, along with the commitment to therefore Put our trust in God to provide for us. And we can do this because God is the creator. He's our father in heaven. He loves those he's created, his children. And when we ask him for what we need, we can do so trusting in the knowledge that he's far more concerned about it and more concerned for us than even we may be. God is and always has been our provider. And this is why, as we heard in our Old Testament lesson this morning, when God was introducing himself to his people, the people of Israel, he led them out of slavery through the wilderness towards the promised land, and he showed them that they could trust him for their needs, that he was willing as their father and able as their father in heaven to provide for them. He showed them this with the provision of daily bread of manna from heaven. Jesus teaches us through this prayer we can trust in God's provision 
for all our physical needs, for what we need to survive. But he's also trusting us. We can trust in his provision for more than that. Our daily bread doesn't just keep us alive. It gives us life. And what this means, as many of you may already believe, is that the prayer for our daily bread isn't just a prayer for our physical nourishment, nor just for our physical needs, but also a prayer for our spiritual nourishment, for our spiritual needs. We heard that Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Yes, we need it to survive, but that's not all we need. Jesus says we also live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And we've been observing together through this year that God speaks through his living word as we've received it in scripture. And he also speaks to us when we talk to him through prayer, through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the third layer of praying for our daily bread is the prayer that God would speak to us and nourish us through his word. The best way to receive this nourishment is by reading God's word, by reading the Bible, devoting time daily to reading the Bible and devoting time to daily prayer. We call this daily devotion of time to God's word daily devotionals, right? Very clever. And there's lots of resources to help guide us through this time. Our Book of Common Prayer has morning, midday, evening, and bedtime prayers and blood readings. There's also countless other devotional guides that you can get. There's apps on our phones that can help guide us through this. One of the more popular devotional guides is even aptly named Our Daily Bread. God speaks to us and reveals himself to us through his word, and we receive nourishment by spending time in his word, as well as with his word. If we remember the prologue, the gospel according to John tells us that Jesus is the word made flesh, the incarnation, the physical revelation of God, Emmanuel, God with us. So the fourth layer of the prayer for daily bread is a prayer for time each day with Jesus. Time with Jesus also brings us nourishment. And this should come as no surprise as Jesus shares that he is the bread of life. As Jesus explains in John 6, verses 48 to 51, saying, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus, the bread of life, doesn't just provide for our physical needs, doesn't just keep us alive until we die of old age or whatever it may be. Jesus provides for our spiritual needs and keeps us alive forever. Jesus told his disciples in John 6:51, "And the bread that I will give you for the life of the world is my flesh." And of course, today is the second Sunday of Easter tide, the Easter season, the continuous 50 days of the joyous celebration that Jesus sacrificed his flesh, his body and his blood for us, that he died on the cross on our behalf, but then rose again, conquering sin and conquering death. 
And as we celebrated last Sunday, he did this because our Father in heaven loved us so much that he gave his only Son, the bread of life, so that whoever believes in him shall not die, but have this everlasting life. This is exactly what Jesus explained to his disciples in John 6.51 when he says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Just last weekend at our Maundy Thursday service, we commemorated the Last Supper that Jesus shared with his disciples before he gave his flesh, his body for the life of the world. During this supper, Jesus instituted and commanded us to continue communion, a perpetual memory of his precious death and sacrifice, where we receive the bread of life, Jesus' body given for us. The prayer for our daily bread is a prayer that God would provide for our physical needs, what we need to survive and provide for our spiritual needs, life everlasting. And so the fifth layer of the prayer for our daily bread is that we would accept this provision, accept this salvation. Then we are to respond to this gift. Our daily bread gives us life, but it also provides us with what we need to live in the kingdom of God. Spending time in God's word, spending time with Jesus, accepting salvation, celebrating communion, all also provide us with the spiritual gifts we need to equip and enable us to live in the kingdom, to hallow God's name in God's kingdom according to God's will. It provides us with the spiritual gifts of wisdom, courage, strength, patience, grace, holiness, and so much more. So all these layers to the prayer mean that when Jesus teaches us to pray, it's not just for bread, for survival, it's for all these other things, but it's also for daily bread, for all these things on a daily basis. We're praying that we would turn to God and trust God for our physical and spiritual nourishment and provision and salvation and equipping every day of our lives. We're recognizing it's not something we do on our own. We need to turn to God every day to help us with this. Amen? However, that was a bait and switch. That being said, I think it's also safe to say that many here today don't really rely on God for our day-to-day -day needs. There may be some, maybe many of us these days, who are living month to month or week to week or paycheck to paycheck. But many of us sitting here usually don't have to worry about our daily needs, food, clothing, and shelter for today or tomorrow. And if that's the case for you, you might be asking yourselves, is it still right for those of us who do have more than our daily bread to pray this prayer? But, the truth is that there are also many who do worry about what they will eat today or tomorrow. And this could very easily apply to some sitting here today. We've certainly seen this growing need at our food market as the cost of living 
rises rapidly, incomes don't rise as rapidly to match it. And if that's the case for you, you might be asking yourself, if God really does provide for us in the same way that he provides for the birds, as we heard in our gospel reading today, what about me? Or what about all the starving people in the world, many of whom do pray this prayer each day? Why do they go without bread? As Jesus continues in his teaching through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, he goes on to explain that loving God and loving our neighbors means that the prayer for our daily bread isn't just a prayer for my daily bread. It's a prayer for the needs of others as well. If we're truly praying this prayer to God, for God's honor and glory, that God's name would be hallowed, that his kingdom would come, that his will would be done, we can't simply pray for food, physical and or spiritual, for ourselves. We must pray for the needs of the whole world. Daryl Johnson picks up on this and points out, this is the prayer that Jesus taught all who follow him. And we are praying us and our, not me and my. It is a shared prayer. It's a prayer of solidarity that we pray not just for ourselves, not even just for our church, but for the whole church, for all Christians throughout all the world. Johnson also points out that we're praying, therefore, not just that the bread would be provided for us, but that the bread would be available. So if we extend the prayer beyond ourselves, we see that it is a prayer for bread for those in need. And that means it's also a prayer that the bread would be available, and therefore a prayer for the crops, for the farmers, for the bakers, for the grocers. It's a prayer for jobs for people so that they can go and buy the bread from the grocers. It's a prayer for the volunteers at the market to help those in need. It's a prayer for the economic needs as well as the political needs of the whole world. And what would the world look like if all Christians throughout the world who do pray this prayer on a regular basis were all more focused on us than my? Because if we pray this prayer in this way, earnestly, we will be blessed with an answer. As Earl often says, we shouldn't be surprised when God answers prayers. Because as we pray and as God answers our prayers and feeds us and speaks to us through his word, we should come to realize that we might also be called to do something about the need that remains that God is calling his people to become a part of the answer to the prayer that we're praying. Just like our volunteers at our food market. What we also recalled on Maundy Thursday was that when we gather on Sundays to celebrate communion, to receive the bread and wine, to be spiritually nourished as the body of Christ, we gather so as to be sent. Sent to love God, love our neighbors, by helping to be a part of the answer to the prayer for God's provision, by helping those in need and sharing what he's given us, physical provision as well as spiritual provision, as well as 
the gospel, the gift of salvation that he's given us through the bread of life. We are sent out today to do this daily. So today, as we look at the fourth petition of the prayer Jesus taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread, we acknowledge and recognize that it's a prayer with multiple layers. And I hope we'll also acknowledge and recognize that every time we eat, every time we put on our clothes, every time we go to bed with a roof over our heads, every time we read from God's word, every time we pray, every time we spend time with Jesus, every time we celebrate communion together, every time we lend a helping hand to someone, every time we share the gospel, every time we do any of these things, that is an answer to the prayer. Do we acknowledge, do we recognize this, and are we thankful for it? So the final layer is that the prayer for our daily bread is a prayer of gratitude. It's gratitude as we recognize all the ways our Father in Heaven answers this prayer for daily bread every day in our lives. So let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for your provision, for our physical needs, as well as for our spiritual needs. We thank you that you feed us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, and that through Jesus, the bread of life, you offer us not just survival, but everlasting life. So as we recognize this and are grateful for it, we now in turn offer you our souls and our bodies to be a living sacrifice. And so would you now send us out in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.